0: Hi, I'm Stephen Apt, and here at Divine Savior Church, we believe that the message of Jesus truly changes lives. And so it's my prayer that as you listen to this message, that it does change your heart, uh, that it brings you peace and hope once again today. After you listen to it, if you wouldn't mind subscribing and liking, uh, we'd be grateful for that so that more people can hear the message of Jesus. Thank you. Christmas is here. And depending on who you are, you're you're thinking one of two things. You're thinking, it's finally here. Most likely if you're a kid, you're thinking, it's finally here. And if you're an adult, you're most likely thinking, I can't believe it's here. (laughs) It's here. Tomorrow, or tonight already, you're going to gather around with family. You're going to open presents. Tomorrow you're probably going to have a big Christmas dinner. And there's going to be much rejoicing around the dinner table and with family. There is rejoicing at Christmas time. But for some of us, it's not a season of rejoicing. For some of you, you're not going to be with family tomorrow. For others of you, family members who were there last year aren't going to be here. Maybe for some of you, traditions that you had in the past are no longer traditions that are going to continue going forward, and it's hard to rejoice at Christmas time. And so what I want to talk to you about tonight is how do we rejoice? What's the key to rejoicing? What's the key to rejoicing even when your circumstances say, I shouldn't be rejoicing right now? And if you're rejoicing tomorrow around the family dinner table and you have family around and, and it's a, a great time, what's the key to rejoicing going forward? Because on Monday... All the lights get unplugged. On Monday, Christmas is over, and we're on to the next holiday. We're on to the next thing. How do we maintain the Christmas joy going forward? We're going to look at Luke chapter 2, the very last verses that we looked at, and this is what we're told. The shepherds hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. when the shepherds come to Mary and Joseph as kind of a chaotic one. I can't prove it, but the shepherds had just seen a a whole field of angels saying, go to Bethlehem because the Messiah is born, and they take off, and they go looking for the baby, and they find Mary and Joseph in a stable with the baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Moms, Imagine giving birth and within a couple hours you have some random guys show up saying we're here to see the baby and you're shepherds and you stink and you probably have manure on your sandals. Maybe don't touch the child. <laughs> but then I, the conversation that happens next I picture very frenzy. All the shepherds want to talk and tell the story. You're not going to believe what happened. We were out in the field. We were out in the field. And all of a sudden, the sky just lit up. An angel was right before us. John was terrified. He was scared. But the angel said, don't be afraid. Because I bring you good news that's going to cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, of the Lord. And this is going to be the sign. You're going to find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in the manger. And once you know it, here he is. He's here. And now imagine Mary sitting there, taking it in. What are we told that that Mary did? She treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. She treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. What does this mean about my son? And I wonder if she treasured and pondered in that moment the angel coming to talk to her. That you're going to have a son, Mary. Nine months before the angel appeared to her and said, You're going to have a son, and he's going to sit on the throne of his father David, and his kingdom will never end. I wonder if she pondered the words that the angel said to Joseph. She's going to have a son, and you are to name him Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. And now these shepherds come saying that, an, that angels sang the glories of heaven in a choir that sounded the most majestic Christmas choir that there was and said, today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. There was no Christmas lights at that first Christmas. There wasn't a Christmas dinner with family. We're not even told that Mary's family was there. There were no Christmas movies. There were no Christmas pies. There was none of that. There was Mary, Joseph, farm animals, and these shepherds. And yet, did anyone have a more profound and more meaningful Christmas than Mary? Did anyone have a Christmas more worthy to rejoice than Mary? Why? Because she treasured and pondered the word of God about this child. Do you know what she wasn't thinking? Bitter feelings towards Caesar Augustus, who would issue this decree that she would have to go all the way from Galilee, all the way down to Bethlehem when she's nine months pregnant, just because he wants to have a census so he can know how much he can tax the people. Do you know what she wasn't treasuring and pondering? Bitter feelings toward all the people of Bethlehem that a nine-month pregnant lady came walking through the streets and nobody would give up their guest room. Think about that. She's nine months pregnant, and imagine seeing her out the window and saying, uh... I'll let her stay in the stable. She's not bitter and upset that her very first child that she gives birth to is in a barn. She's pondering and treasuring the word of God about this child. And it's a reason for rejoicing. What are you pondering and treasuring these days? What are you treasuring in your heart and pondering and thinking about During this Christmas season? Is it about the broken relationships that you have? That you're bitter toward them for what they did? That you wish they would just see your side? And that you're too prideful to humble yourself and say sorry? Are you treasuring the fearful thoughts? about your health, pondering the what-ifs of life? Are you pondering and treasuring just how broken this world is and the fear that comes with the brokenness? Are you pondering the hateful words that people say? Are you feeling victim to your circumstances and pondering and thinking about that? If, those, are what you're, if that, those things are what you're pondering and treasuring, guess what that's going to mean for your soul? It's going to be weary and have no reason to rejoice. But you and I get to hear the message tonight. To ponder and treasure that Jesus is born. What does that mean and why? What does it mean that God became a baby, born. Why did God become a baby and born? Have you thought about that? Have you pondered and treasured why did God take on human flesh? The God of this world, the all-powerful God, becomes as incapable as a baby. The all-sufficient God who needs no one and nothing becomes reliant on a sinful human mother and sinful human father and sinful human people. The God of this world who commanded everything into existence and it cannot be confined by anything confines himself into a human body. Why? The God of this world who is worshipped by thousands upon thousands, times 10,000 angels, comes to earth to be ridiculed, mocked, and rejected. Why? The God of this world, who is immortal, who cannot die, becomes killable, mortal. Why? Simply put, because he loves you and wants to spend eternity with you. God becomes flesh. Why? To pay for your sins and to conquer the grave. This little baby, whose little tiny infant hand wrapped around his mother Mary's finger, would one day grow up and have his hands wrapped around the cold metal of nails that were driven through to hold him to the cross. This little baby whose head was placed in a manger would one day have the crown of thorns wrapped around his head. This little baby who was breathing the breath of life would one day let out the breath of life and the light of life would leave him as he died. This little baby who was wrapped in cloths and placed in a manger would one day be taken off the cross wrapped up in a cloth and placed in a tomb. Why? Out of love for you and me. To bring peace with God for you and me. To pay for our sins. To conquer the grave when he rose from the dead, so we have life eternal. You see, this is, what different, this is what's different about the God of Christianity, the God of this world, He doesn't give you rules to follow to climb up to him. He comes down to you and says, Here, let me bring you up. As he pays for your sins, gives you his righteousness, and conquers the grave so that you can live with God forever in heaven. So that when you close your eyes in death, you open them in the eternal paradise, the eternal gates of heaven. This is the meaning of Christmas. Your Savior is born to you. It is Him and He alone that gives your soul reason to rejoice, not just today, not just tomorrow, but for the rest of your life. May we treasure it. May we ponder it. Because when we do, our weary souls will rejoice. Because today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you to you. He is the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. Have a Merry Christmas as you treasure and ponder the Christ child born for you. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message today. It's my prayer that uh, it has changed your heart as you grew in the message of your Savior Jesus. Again, if you wouldn't mind liking and subscribing, we'd be grateful for that. God bless your day.